Welcome to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry, presented by Boston Women in Media and Entertainment, sponsored by Tech Help Boston. Stories. They are the most primitive way humans have of expressing themselves. And this show is all about women who are doing incredible things with their lives. This is about their stories. These women are brave. These women have opinions and they aren't afraid to share them. But above all, this is a show that is meant to inspire you, to reach for your own goals and your own dreams, because if she can do it, you can do it. In the spotlight, a woman who has worked in management positions in many different fields, including healthcare, higher education, and nonprofit organizations. She's even a partner in her family's real estate company. There is so much to talk about with her, because what she's doing today really is the sum total of all that she has learned from everything in her career. And right now, she is the National VP Development for Read to a Child. She's doing what she can to promote national literacy and mentoring from coast to coast. Her name is Margaret Sullivan Carr, and this is her story. Margaret, welcome to the story behind her success. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's nice to have you here today. Let's start with Candio's lightning round. We do this so that our listeners can just get a little bit about you, okay? A little bit about your personality. I've chosen five questions for you, Margaret, and all I need are your short answers to these questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Your pet peeve is? People being late. If you could wave a magic wand and receive one new talent you've never had, what would that talent be? I would love to be able to sing, and my family would like that too. (laughs) One food you cannot live without? Diet Coke. Favorite children's book? The Kissing Hand. One more, your happy place is? The Beach. Thank you. Those were great answers to our questions now. Tell us about Read to a Child. What is the mission and how does this work? Read to a Child is a national nonprofit. Our mission is to foster a love of reading, to improve literacy skills, and empower underserved children by inspiring adults to read aloud to them regularly. You know, there's such a difference between reading on your own and reading aloud. What's the magic there? I think when you read aloud, it allows a conversation to happen, a dialogue to happen, in our case, between an adult and a child. It allows the child to understand and use their imagination a little more to interpret what they're listening to and to let your mind wander a little more when you're being read aloud to. Well, isn't it true also that we take on the voices of the characters when we're reading aloud? You know, I think about where the wild things are, you know, they gnashed their terrible teeth. (laughs) You know, how can you say that without giving it some drama, right? And there comes the connection. Tell us some success stories between your mentors who read and the children who are read to. We have so many success stories. One that I always come back to is a young man who spoke at our national gala this year. He is a young man who came to the United States as a third grader, did not speak any English, was enrolled in our program And he was connected with a volunteer mentor who has really fostered this amazing friendship with him. He really goes back to her empowering him to read. He learned different vocabulary words through listening to her read aloud. She introduced him to different subjects he had not known about from his original country that he came from. 
And he's now going into his junior year in college as a computer science major at Framingham State University. It was amazing when he spoke. He just lit up the entire room of 300 adults in Boston, got a standing ovation when he finished. What does it feel like to work for an organization that you feel so passionately about? Because I see it all over your face. Number one, I'm really proud, and I'm so honored to be a part of it. Everyone who works for our organization, whether you are a volunteer who is really our biggest workforce, we have over 1,900 volunteers, and we're hoping to grow even more, or whether you're a staff person, we all have a part in helping underserved children throughout the United States improve their literacy skills. I think as a country, we all should have that. We all should be empowered to do that. We're really trying to highlight the need for that. And a lot of people don't understand in the United States, it is still very critical. It is still needed. Not all schools are the same. Not all children start from the same place. And so we all need to kind of jump in and help in any way we can whether it's volunteering, whether it is financial support, or whether it's just helping to spread the word about the importance of it. How are you spreading the word across the country? How many cities are involved? Give me an update. Right now, we're in five regions in the country. We are in Metro Detroit, Greater Los Angeles, Miami, Greater Boston, and Hartford. Right now, we're trying to do the most we can in those cities. We are certainly looking to grow as well. We get calls on a regular basis from other cities that have heard about us saying, can you come here? Can you help us? And what holds us back is the financial support to do that. And that's my Um, next question. What does it take to get an organization like this into the hearts and the minds of others? It starts with people understanding the importance of what we do. And there's lots of nonprofits that do amazing things in this country. So it's also differentiating our message, getting people to understand that without reading skills, you're not going to have a lot of success in life. It's really getting kids empowered to be able to be successful in life. What we do is a really simple act, inviting a volunteer in to a school at lunchtime and being connected one-on-one with a child and reading to them every week or every other week. Sometimes we have people who share a child, busy executives or busy volunteers who can't commit to every week. That simple act can have amazing results with these kids. So part of it is just getting the word out in what we do. And we do it using a variety of resources. We have ambassadors. Our volunteers are great spokespeople. We use social media. And part of it is holding special events throughout the country. We're very fortunate that in all of our regions, we have celebrities who will come and read aloud to kids. If you bring someone who is a professional athlete, as an example, to come into a school and read to an auditorium filled with kids, and they see this person who they've seen on TV, who's really someone they look up to reading, then reading becomes automatically cool. That's something that we're really going to be putting a lot of work into this upcoming years to invite celebrities to come in and read to our children, too. That's also going to increase the visibility of our organization at the same time. How can people find out more about Read to a Child? Um, Definitely start by visiting our website, readtoachild.org. 
is the best way to learn more about us. Stories and reading. You are in the business of inspiring people (laughs) to read to children. What is the magic of story? I think the magic is, number one, starting with a topic that the child likes. I have a little girl that I read to who, the first time I met her last September, she informed me that she did not like to read, and that is not what we were going to be doing. It was a little intimidating meeting her, but we quickly and within 10 minutes found out that we had a shared interest. We both love dogs. So we found some books on dogs. And that was the magic. That was the beginning of the magic. I let her take the lead in what we were going to be reading about. After a while, she didn't even realize that we were doing something that she had considered a chore. It became really fun to her. At the end of the school year, she was meeting me at the door with a pile of books that we were going to read. And we certainly moved beyond the subject of dogs. And we have different tools that we give to volunteers to help them along that process. But it's definitely starting with one topic and letting the child, I believe, take the lead on that. Creating the connection. Yes, exactly. How did you become involved in this work? Through a series of events, I grew up in a family where reading, it still is, reading is the cornerstone of what we do. My mother was a school teacher. I'm an only child, and reading was my best friend in the summer. I just saw my mother this weekend, and she exchanged a pile of books with me. We are constantly reading, so that is definitely the foundation. Uh, I just finished my doctorate in education leadership and looking for some new opportunities, and this position became available, and it seemed like the perfect fit for me. We learn something from every job we have, Mm -hmm. don't we? What have the lessons been for you? You've been in healthcare, you've been in the nonprofit space, you've been a manager. How has all of this come together to bring you where you are today? I think the thing that I have learned, and I learned this from my parents, was do not be afraid to ask for something that you are interested in aspiring to. And kind of following that journey, don't be afraid to take a seat at the table and offer your opinion. You have to do it in a professional way to really make those connections with people. That has helped me throughout my career and staying in touch with people. And that can be hard sometimes when you get busier and busier and have personal and professional obligations. But to stay in touch with people, to me, that's the fun in life is to really foster those relationships. You are the National Vice President for Development. So that means you have to ask people for money. How do you get past no? How do you get what you need for this organization you feel so passionate about? Please support our sponsors. They make this show possible. These days, more and more people are working from home. When your computer breaks down, you lose business. This is Dave Elmasian, president of TechHelpBoston.com. Our tech experts will come to your home or office to fix your computer. Same day, next day, and weekends too. More than 30,000 families and businesses have trusted us since 2000. You can trust Tech Help Boston to keep your computer and systems running right. Call 781-484-1265 or visit TechHelpBoston.com. That's TechHelpBoston.com. You are going to have some doors shut, for sure. Sometimes it's not forever. You might start off asking someone for one thing, 
and listening to what they're interested in. So it could be something that still fits within the mold of what your organization needs and seeing if perhaps what they're interested in doing or giving might fit in another category of what you need. Sometimes it doesn't, and that's okay. You just ask them to keep you in mind and to help to share the story. So they maybe just become an ambassador, which is equally important. But again, it goes back to those relationships and staying in touch with people. Your family real estate business. I'm intrigued. Tell me all about this. (laughs) Newport, Rhode Island, one of the most beautiful places around. My family started this company. My grandfather actually physically built these homes himself. My grandfather was this real scrappy entrepreneur. He was amazing at identifying a need for housing for people in the Navy. Fast forward 60 years later, and their rental properties that we have. It's a very small company, don't get me wrong, but my uncle and I now manage it. My grandfather also built a hotel that is adjacent to the Navy base that had 180 rooms in it, physically built it himself. So that is one thing I've learned from my family Hard work gets you a lot of places. I was in middle school working as a front desk clerk at that hotel, and that was just expected. There was none of this, okay, yeah, go out and you know go to the beach for the summer. That was not even within our realm of thinking in my family. What a work ethic. I'm guessing you saw your father work from sunup to sundown. Absolutely. It was my father and my uncle working very, very hard. And my father was definitely an entrepreneur, too, and I learned a lot from him that I have definitely applied to my career today. What do you think it takes to be a successful entrepreneur? You have to be a creative thinker. You have to take some risks and sometimes acknowledging that not everything pays off. It's okay to make some mistakes along the way. You are also a mom. How did becoming a mother change you? Becoming a mom was the biggest change in the best thing I've ever done in my life. I'm getting a little teary-eyed because my son, I just dropped him off for his freshman year of college uh, last week. Becoming a mom, I would say, softened my personality. I became less driven in my career. I had to. I was a single mom for almost nine years. His father was not very involved in his life, although a lot of people who are very career-minded may have thought that I was not taking some positions that I should have, I don't regret any of it. I'm glad that I was able to balance the two, still having a great career, but having the time to stay home with my son as much as possible. When you look back on your career, which has been very, very successful and is still unfolding today, what is the best career advice you've ever received? And can you pass it along to someone listening today? The best career advice I ever received was from my boss when I worked at a college. He was the president, and I was assistant to the president, which is similar to chief of staff at other higher education institutions. He is the one who strongly encouraged me to get my doctorate. I remember at the time, I was a single mom working a very, very challenging career, and I remember saying to him, How am I ever going to fit that in? You're asking me to do something that's impossible. And he said to me, you have the brains. I will give you some time to do it. And I believe in you. And that's all I needed to hear. 
my dissertation is actually dedicated to him. If he hadn't given me that conviction and that blessing to do it, I don't think I ever would have done it. Isn't it amazing how sometimes in our lives, all we need is one person Mm -hmm. to believe in us. And it's interesting because I remember chatting with a woman years ago, who's still a very good friend of mine, who was the president of the Home for Little Wanderers. In her care were 10,000 children all across Massachusetts, some of them in residential care, but then others living in foster care. And I remember asking her, what does it take for a child to be successful? And she said, one caring adult Mm -hmm. who will run the marathon with them, not just the 50-yard dash. And your story tells me all you needed was one person to believe in you, too. But also my parents along the way, too. My mother and father were huge cheerleaders at the time. They helped with child care. They just absolutely believers. I actually got remarried while I was getting my doctorate. And if it weren't for my husband being an amazing proofreader, which I never thought he had it in him, it's not his line of work. So it was definitely a village that allowed me to achieve that. You know, when you think about read to a child and you think about a mentor, a volunteer coming in and connecting with a child and reading to them. That, to me, feels an awful lot like that one person Mm -hmm. who can come into your life and create an opportunity for a child. It's absolutely true. It's someone who is wearing many hats. Like I just said, I had some cheerleaders. That mentor becomes that child's cheerleader. We don't ask them to take on a role of being a tutor. They are the ones reading aloud. It is getting that child excited about reading, and that works in conjunction with the classroom experience. They are creating this synergy with the academic environment. It's really this wraparound for the child. It is academia and what we do, our mentors, are really one of the most important aspects of what we do. We're all wrapped around this child, cheering them on for success. I'm going to guess there's a lot that happens in between the pages, right? (laughs) As the conversation really begins. Mm -hmm. A couple questions we ask everyone who's a guest on our program. When an obstacle is in your path, how do you get around it? I think it depends on the obstacle. I usually take some time to contemplate what it is to really be strategic about it and to break it down and maybe into smaller steps. What do you wish you knew when you first got started as a young professional woman? In some ways, I'm glad I didn't know this, but in other ways, I wish I did know this to be a little more planful about what my next step might be. But on the other hand, some of the steps I've taken in my career have been as a result of one door closing, going to the next open door. And I would not have done that if I had been so careful in everything I did. At the end of the day, what matters the most to you? I'll be thought of as a good person who did my best. You know, you just mentioned that you dropped your son off for his freshman year in college. (laughs) What is mother love? Mother love is letting your children know that they have a safety net no matter what but not making that safety net so easy to reach that they don't do for themselves. There are many chapters in our lives, and you've had an incredible success story so far that continues to unfold. What does success mean to you at this point? 
At this point, success means making a huge difference, making a difference in people's lives. Once again, if people want to know more about your organization or if there's someone out there who wants to become a sponsor, what should they do? Visit our website at readtoachild.org. Also, join in on October 8th for National Read to a Child Day, where we're asking adults to pick up a book and read to a child all across this country to show the importance of reading to children. Margaret Sullivan Carr, I want to say thank you so much for being our guest this week on the story behind her success. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry. This is a series with one goal in mind, to shine the spotlight on women doing great things with their lives. We hope these weekly stories will motivate and inspire you. If you'd like to suggest someone for Candy to interview, she'd love to hear about it. Connect with her anytime on Facebook, Twitter, and her website, CandyOterry.com. That's C-A-N-D-Y-O-T-E-R-R-Y.com. You'll find all of these links in the show notes. What's your story?